And uh, the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at some of the parables of Jesus together. These short little stories that Jesus told that um, helps explain to us things that, that are difficult to understand. Um, uh, big uh, theological truths. But Jesus takes these truths and he tells them to us in story form and, uh, and it helps us get our minds around them. And so we're um, looking at a uh, passage of scripture together in Luke, the 14th chapter. And uh, it's known to many of us uh, through Sunday school as the parable of the banquet. Hear now the word of our Lord. When one of those, oh, sorry. When one of these at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you've ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning. By the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. When um, Crystal and I were first married, I took a job as a full-time youth and children's minister in uh, a, a Methodist church in Hazard, Kentucky. And um, they had a really, really tiny youth group and kind of dwindled down to nothing. And they were, uh, they were hoping that, that by, by hiring a, a, a young, creative, energetic guy like me that, that I, I could get it started. And so um, I, I set to work trying to do just that. And one of the things that, uh, that I love to do, um, kind of youth ministry-wise, is throw a party. I'm really, really good at partying and coming up with, uh, with creative themes for parties. And uh, I came up, the, the first one I came up with, I was really proud of. It was called Marshmallow Madness. And um, uh, the whole night was themed around marshmallows. We, uh, we, I got some of those, uh, like you can get a Cracker Barrel, those little marshmallow guns, so we can have a marshmallow fight. 
Um, we play uh, uh, chubby bunny. We, um, we make uh, uh, towers with uh, marshmallows and toothpicks. And then we, um, we ended with, uh, with devotions and s'mores. And I was so proud of Marshmallow Madness. I, I made these flyers. I hung them up around the church. Um, I, uh, I, I, I put it in the bulletin. Um, I, uh, I, uh, for like three or four Sundays leading up to it, I stood up in front of the congregation and told them all about Marshmallow Madness. And everyone was invited and everyone should come to Marshmallow Madness. And then the, uh, the night arrived and I had one person. That was a bummer. It, it was this uh, sixth grade girl named Julie and um, we, uh, we made some s'mores together and she went home. Now, I was bummed out but I was also pretty worried that I was going to lose my job. Um, the pastor I worked for at the time um, was, was a guy named Pastor Charlie, and he was former military, like career military, before he went into the ministry. And I'm just going to be honest, he was a real SOB to work for, saint of blessings. He was a real saint of blessings to work for. And, um, and, and, and Charlie was, was demanding, he had high standards, and he just wanted to make sure you lived up to them. And so I knew the next morning he was going to ask me how Marshmallow Madness went, because I've been talking about it nonstop for a month. So I went into his office, and he asked about the event, and I had to tell him, one person showed up. And Charlie looked at me, he always did this. Well, who'd you invite? And I told him, well, you know, I, I, I put it in a bulletin. I, I, I hung up these signs around. I, I, I announced it several Sundays in a row. And Charlie looked at me and said, yeah, but who did you invite? Well, you think about that question. Who did you invite? See, there's a difference between announcing something and inviting someone. Isn't there? There's a difference between standing up before the world and saying, um, all are welcome here, and actually going and inviting someone. Isn't there? Who did you invite? It's an important question for us to focus on this morning because we're, we're talking about the kingdom of God and we're talking about um, all people being welcome. And sometimes as Christians, we feel like we've done our duty when we let people know the kingdom of God exists. When we stand up before the world and say, uh, the kingdom of God is here, but we don't actually invite anybody. The invite is that personal connection. It's that one-on-one. Who did you invite? Now, at the beginning of our passage this morning, Jesus is at a party. And uh, and people are uh, 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 drinking. Sorry if anyone has a Baptist background in here. People are, are drinking. They're around the table, and uh, and they're just having a uh, they're they're just having a wonderful time. And uh, and Jesus has been using the opportunity to uh, to teach and, uh, and, and and teach about humility. And someone stands up and gives a toast. 
And I can just picture him, can't you? Maybe he's even a little wobbly, kind of red-faced. His eyes are a little moist, and he gives a toast. Blessing is the one who will sit at the feast in the kingdom of God. Now, here's what his toast is about. It's about something called the Messianic Banquet. See, there was this belief that, um, that, 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 that Jewish people, uh, there would come a day when they were no longer oppressed. Uh, when they were no longer um, uh, 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 put down by the Romans. That, that this, uh, this earthly king uh, called the Messiah would come. And he would drive the Romans out of town and he would establish a Davidic king on the throne forever and ever and ever. And one of the signs that this happened, that this came to place, would be that there would be a huge banquet. Because the time of Israel's scarcity would be over. The time of, of, of scrounging for food would be over and a time of plenty would begin. And it would be marked by, by the Messiah throwing this huge banquet on God's holy mountain. There's a beautiful passage about this in, um, in the 25th chapter of Isaiah. It goes like this. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine. The best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples. The sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. That's a beautiful vision, isn't it? Of, the, of, of, of death, of death finally being swallowed up forever. Uh, the sins of all the people, their disgrace being wiped away forever. No one wanting, uh, having any want for anything. Everyone having the food they need in their own fridge. It's a beautiful image, isn't it? It's a beautiful dream. So Jesus is at this party and, uh, and, 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 and someone is standing up and they're raising this toast and they're saying, it's going to be great. I can't wait. It's going to be the biggest party anyone has ever seen. And anyone that gets to sit down at the, this party, how blessed is he or she? And Jesus sort of leans back and he says, yes. But who have you invited? He doesn't say that in so many words, right? He begins, like Jesus is wont to do, he begins to tell a story, a parable. Now, many of you have probably heard the story of the banquet before, uh, about the, the Lord of the house that, that throws this magnificent party and invites all the people, and one by one the people have their excuses. And usually when we, uh, when we read this story, we, we focus on the people with the excuses, don't we? And, uh, and, 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 and it's my job when I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this sermon to tell you, you know, how you need to respond to the invitation. You need to be willing. 
don't need to be like those people with their excuses. You need to be like the people out in the countryside that when they got the Lord's invitation, that they were so thrilled and they just came streaming in. But this morning, I want us to focus on a different character in the parable. One that I believe plays the role of the church. And that's the character of the king's servant. And I think when you look at the parable from the king's servant's perspective, you know, you see that the Lord of this house can be kind of a saint of blessing to work for when you think of it. He's actually pretty demanding. He actually has pretty high standards and he expects you to meet them. See, at the beginning of the parable, the servant is going uh, around and he's rounding up the usual suspects for, uh, for the celebration that the Lord of the house is having. And he's going and he's inviting people who have already been invited to the party. Right? All of these people have already RSVP'd. They're already uh, coming to the party and he, he's just going around and he's reminding them. Right? We're, we're having this party. We're so glad you're coming. It's going to be great. We, we've already ordered the catering. You just, you just come on. Bring a friend maybe. And one by one, they have their excuses, don't they? Oh, well, my, my son plays travel soccer. Uh, I'm not going to make it. Um, or, well, you know, I haven't been back to that banquet since they changed the color of the carpet. I really disagree with that decision. I just can't set foot in there. Or um, maybe, gosh, I just don't feel like I'm being fed at that banquet. Uh, my husband and I, we're, we're shopping for other banquets to belong to. Right? They all have their excuses. And, and the servant has to go back to the Lord of the house, and he has to, you know, he's there hat in hand, and, and he has to tell them, all these people were invited, they're not showing up. And the Lord of the house is angry. I think he's angry, yes, at all those people that have refused the invitation, but he's also angry at the servant a little bit. You know how, like, when you have to give the boss bad news, you get some of that residual anger, right? He's a little angry at the servant. And, 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 the, and, and so he starts berating the servant. Who did you invite? Well, all the normal people. You know, the people that always come to the banquet. And, uh, you know, I don't know what to do. Maybe we just picked a bad night. You know, everyone had stuff to do. Maybe next year we should look at picking a better date. Right? But I, I invited all the people that normally come to the banquet. You know, the people like us that know how to behave. And the master, the lord of the house, looks at his servant and says, Not good enough. He can't stand to see empty chairs in his house. And so he sends him back out. But search the city, high and low, the, 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 the poor, the blind, the lame, the crippled, anyone that doesn't have a place to eat, bring them, in, bring them into my house, high and low. I, I, I want you to fill up the house. Everyone in the city is invited now. Easy for him to say, right? The servant now has to go like spend his afternoon walking up and down the city and the alleys. 
behind the dumpster, telling the, the people warming by, by the fire that they're in Vigan. He has to walk down the streets where the lame people are clanging their cowbells and asking for change. He has to tell them that they're invited. He has to go under that damp bridge where the lepers hang out and tell them that they're invited. That's not what he signed up for. That's not the job he, he, he thought he was taking when he took on servant of the Lord. Right? That's how he has to spend his afternoon. And then he gets back. And, and, and he's putting the best spin on it he can, right? Hey, hey, uh, I, this was a great plan of yours. Um, we've had, uh, had such, a, such a good response to this. Sure, we've not. I mean, there's going to be some empty tables, but it's a big improvement. And I think it's an effort we can all be proud of. The Lord of the house is not satisfied. The Lord is never satisfied. He's a real son of blessings to work for. He says, no, not good enough. Forget the city. Go out into the country. Go past the city walls. Go go find whoever you can find. Compel them. Beg them. Bribe them. Trick them. I don't care. Get them into my house. See, the master can't, can't. Abide an empty chair. And so he's widening the circle of invitation constantly. He says, bring them all in so that my house will be full. Because the Lord wants a full house. It's hard to be a servant of the Lord, isn't it? So demanding, never satisfied. You feel like you're giving it your all, your best effort. You made a marked improvement. And he says, get back out there. Make the circle a little wider. Invite a couple more people. See, the gospel, it's, it, it, it's like a stone thrown in the middle of the lake. And those circles of invitation just keep getting wider and wider and wider. And we're called to reach out and invite to more and more and more people. To let them know the sacred invitation. There is a rich banquet for all peoples. Aged wine for all peoples. Death is going to be swallowed up. There's going to be consolation for every tear. And you are invited. Your disgrace to finally be removed. That thing you did that sticks to you can be washed away. And you are invited. The Lord can't abide an empty chair, can he? He wants his house to be full. We live at a time when the circles are getting smaller, don't we? We live at a time when, um, I, there was an article about uh, six or seven years ago now, I think, uh, that coined the term called the big sort. 
And, and the idea of the big sort is, is that the people more and more are, are going to live in places where people look and talk and, 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 and vote and believe just like them. And, and so in our country, the circles are getting ever smaller that we travel in instead of wider. We're, we're staying in our own close-knit circle. It's having, it's, it's, it's having disastrous effects on us as a people. We, we, we just don't understand how people outside of our circle live. And it leads to, to mistrust and hatred. And frankly, people walking into Walmarts and shooting people that don't look like them. But in the kingdom of God, those circles are supposed to get bigger, ever wider, ever wider. Not just our friends, not just our peers, not just the well-behaved, not just the, the people that look like us and think like us and vote like us. All the people everywhere this invitation goes out to. Sometimes in the church we act like we have a demographic, don't we? Like we're the church for white people or we're the church for black people. We're the church for, for liberal people or we're the church for conservative people. There is one demographic for this church. You want to hear it? Sinners in need of grace. That is the demographic for this church. Sinners in need of grace. This is a banquet seat. Death is going to be swallowed up. Every tear is going to be wiped away. Every disgrace removed. And everyone is invited. You've invited all your friends. The Lord says, not good enough. Go out there and invite some people you don't know. Go out to the trailer parks. Go, go out, find some drug addicts. Find people that don't have anywhere on Sunday morning. We don't need to just be trading people around churches. Find some people that don't have anywhere to sit on Sunday morning. Bring them in, the Lord says. Oh, you've invited, you, you've invited everyone in Independence, have you? How about Flat Rock? How about Galat? Well, they have churches. I don't care, the Lord says. Invite them. Do what it takes. But Lord, we have a sign by the road. We've announced this. Everyone knows we're here. But who have you invited? See, through the ages, this is how it's always been. It started out with, with 12 people in a town called Nazareth. And Jesus looked at those 12 people and said, this is too small. Let's go to Jerusalem. And then from Jerusalem, it's Judah, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Who have you invited? Oh, you've talked to all your Jewish friends. How about the Gentiles? Who have you invited? Oh, the whole Roman Empire knows. That's good. Have you been to Brittany? Have, have you been to, to Ireland? Have you been to France? Who have you invited? All of Europe knows. That's great. How about North and South America? How about Asia? How about Africa? Who have you invited? Stop arguing about who's allowed in and who's not. Go out and invite some people. Take a rocket ship to Mars if you have to. I want these, these rings to get as big as they can get. 
pull in as many people as you can pull in. This invitation is for everybody. Who have you invited? Can see a banquet has been prepared for us this morning at this table death is swallowed up at this table every tear can be dried at this table our disgrace be removed. Blessed is the one who sits the feast in the kingdom of God. Yes. But who have you invited? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.